Hello and welcome back to the Financial Breakaway Podcast, where we take confusing personal financial topics and break them down into plain English for the everyday person. My hope is that these conversations will help you break away from the confusion and end up on the right path to reach your financial goals. Again, my name is Ryan Hitchcock. I am your host and I am a financial planner with High Point Capital Group out of Milwaukee. Today, I am sharing a recent webinar I did on the SECURE Act and the four main items I think the everyday person should know about it. And please remember to subscribe to this podcast. Also, check out my website for more content. But with that, let's get into it. I'm going to jump right in. So I'm going to talk about the four items we think everyone should know about the SECURE Act. Now, this is not to be confused with the CARES Act, like Todd mentioned. Um, That's the coronavirus aid and relief package that we talked about last presentation. Um, The SECURE Act is actually the acronym for Setting Every Community Up for Retirement Enhancement Act. I know it's a mouthful. Um, but they actually, they actually signed this into law at the end of the year last year on December 20th, and it offers several major adjustments to how we save, prepare, and ultimately enjoy retirement. It's technically the second sweeping legislative tax and retirement reform we've seen in under two years. The first was the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act back in 2017. So typically you don't see many of these reforms for almost decades, but we've actually now seen two in two years. So that's why we thought it was important to go over this act because it has a lot of good changes, but also it's seemed to be, you know, uh, passed very abruptly at the end of last year. Not many people have heard about it. And then it's gotten brushed under the rug with all of the COVID-19 and the market volatility here recently. So it hasn't really gotten its moment in the spotlight. So um, just want to review some items here. So one of the most significant changes made by the SECURE Act is the elimination of the stretch provision for non-spouse beneficiaries for IRAs or other retirement accounts. So meaning if uh, someone other than your spouse passes away and you inherit a retirement account from them, um, this affects you. Under the previous law, so before 2020 now, uh, beneficiaries were able to stretch, they called it, their RMDs, required minimum distributions is what it stands for over their life expectancy, uh, meaning somebody could take a small percentage based off their age out of their account. It would then be taxed, but leave the majority in their uh, inherited IRA to grow tax deferred for their lifetime. It's a very powerful tool in financial planning, but now that's gone away. So um, beneficiaries who inherit one of these accounts in 2020, the new standard is what they call this 10-year rule. So under the 10-year rule, the entire balance of the account must be emptied by the end of the 10th year. So it takes away any of those required minimum distributions. So there's no distribution requirement within the 10-year period. It just has to be emptied by the 10th year. So that's uh, provided a lot of flexibility when it comes to timing distributions from an inherited account right now. So a lot of planning is gonna be necessary to make sure that you're uh, maximizing your tax efficiency in these accounts. Gonna change a lot for people and a lot of planning is gonna be necessary. 
The second most important item that the SECURE Act has done is it has gotten rid of the confusing magic age of 70 and a half. And it's done that in two places. The first, it has been, um, it has changed the starting age for these RMDs to age 72. That's your required minimum distributions. And for those of you close to retirement, you've heard of your RMDs, but those of you who might be younger and might not have heard of RMD, again, that is just the minimum distribution that the IRS requires you to take out of your retirement accounts as an aggregate each year to be taxed upon it. That's all tax deferred money. Um, and that percentage goes up every year. So those tables have not changed and you can still delay from April 1st of the following year. But really this rule came about simply because people can understand the concept of turning 72 a lot more than they can understand turning 70 and a half. That half year was actually quite confusing on trying to figure out when you had to start your required minimum distribution. So theoretically, this should make it a lot easier in the future for some retirement. The second place they removed the 70 and a half was on, they uh, before had a limit on if you were 70 and a half or over, you cannot contribute to an IRA, even if you were still working. But now they've gotten rid of that. So at any age, you can make a contribution to an IRA as long as you have earned income. So moving on to the third item, this is when new children are added to your family. Um, specifically, new parents, whether through birth or adoption of a new child, you can withdraw up to five grand from either your 401k or IRA, and you can now do this without having the 10% early withdrawal penalty. So normally, if you were to take out any money from a 401k or IRA, you would have to pay this 10% penalty if you're under the age of 59 and a half. Now this uh, withdrawal has to be done within one year of the birth or adoption of the child, not during pregnancy or during the adoption process. Each parent can take up to five grand as well. So if you're both working or both have IRAs, you can take up to 10 grand. It is still taxable if I didn't mention that as income. So we can't forget that, but you can repay this amount back into your retirement account. So you can do that above and beyond all the normal contribution limits. So it's a pretty cool um, planning technique they've put into the mix here. So the final provision are in the SECURE Act, I want you to know there's a lot more inside of here, but these are the four main ones remind you. Uh, but they have extended certain tax breaks in the SECURE Act. Uh, there's two main ones. And what's interesting in these is that they've only done these through 2020. So we don't know about the future, that's still uncertain, but they've also made these retroactive for 2019 and 2018. So if these tax situations work for you, you can actually submit an amendment to your past returns. So let's look at the first one. So the allowance of mortgage insurance premium deductions, you can deduct this item on your return if you're itemizing your return. Um, now certain income levels you'll phase out so, you know, a lot of people nowadays with the standard deduction being raised significantly in the 2017 tax cuts that I previously mentioned, um, many people that were formally itemizing probably don't anymore, but it is still an option if uh, you do itemize. 
Um, just a fun fact, because it is getting closer to tax time, uh, the extension. If you want to find out how much a mortgage insurance premium you're paying, you can find that on the form 1098. So either your lender or your service provider of your mortgage sends that to you each year. It's in box five. So I'll say that again, form 1098 in box five. That is separate than the mortgage interest you pay. That's in box one. So if you want to check that out. Um, the second item is the deduction for qualified tuition and related expenses. Um, this deduction, you can deduct up to four grand of qualified higher education expenses, they call it. And they do this through uh, this fancy term called an above the line exclusion from your income. So an above the line exclusion means if you're paying your taxes, but you do not itemize, you can still take this deduction. However, some phase out income rules apply as well that you'd want to check out or talk to us about. So those are the, the four things I wanted to go through on the SECURE Act. I know this is a lot of legislative reform talk, so hopefully I'm not glossing you over too much. Um, that's all I have. Again, thank you for being on the line. Hope everyone's doing well. And please remember to subscribe to this podcast to get updates on new episodes. And you can visit my website at rhitch.com for more information or content. High Point Capital Group is located at 1200 North Mayfair Road, Suite 300, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 53226, phone number 414-253-4600. Securities and investment advisory services offered through Sage Point Financial Inc., member FINRA SIPC. Sage Point Financial is separately owned and other entities and or marketing names, products, or services referenced here are independent of Sage Point. As a reminder, Sage Point Financial Inc. and its representatives do not provide tax and legal advice. Please consult your tax advisor or attorney for such guidance.